right. Good morning. I just want to touch on something with the shoeboxes. Uh, in fact, a nice little fun fact that I didn't even know. Um, so I know there's a little concern of, of, of collecting the shoeboxes and filling the shoeboxes. And well, what about COVID? Should we be doing this and should we be doing that? Um, the shoeboxes that they collect from all the churches this year are, are not the shoeboxes that go out to the children this year. The shoeboxes that were collected last year are the shoeboxes that actually go out. Um, and so if you're worried about anything, don't worry. The shoeboxes will be in quarantine for at least a year. <laughs> so we should be good by then. But uh, feel free. Uh, we do have shoeboxes out there. If you haven't collected them yet, uh, you could grab a shoebox out there, ask one of our team members, and they'll, uh, they'll give you a hand. They'll get one for you, make it available. Or you could, uh, I believe you can go online, and I think you can donate, and then they'll... They'll do the, the filling for you. If you're still not sure you want to uh, handle anything, pack the box, that's okay. Uh, you can go on to the Samaritan's Purse website, I believe, and you can uh, you could sign up there and donate, and they will, they will take care of that for you. Well, this morning, we are wrapping up our Accepted series, and uh, we've been working through Galatians, going through that book, and... We've been looking a lot uh, over justification through faith, and and how are we how are we justified in the eyes of God? How are we justified? Is it by what we do, or is it uh, something more pure, something more free that uh, that we are justified by Him? And this has been a, this has been a great journey. This has been um, just a, a great reminder of how important it is. We don't allow rules and regulations and our works confuse or or pollute the truth of the gospel. We aren't saved by what we do or how good we look. We are saved by our faith through Jesus. And that's something we've been hammering home for the last five, six weeks. And uh, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap things up today with this. And Paul went in and, and, he, and, he, and he had this great journey and this great mission that he was going through all these uh, Gentile cities, and he was preaching the good news. That people were getting saved. People were turning to him. People were loving Jesus. And and the the, the problem is, is that with Galatians, uh, you know, think think about this for a second. You know, you're, you're you're going through, and you've you've cleaned up a big mess, right? Paul went in and he cleaned up this, the the messy lives of these people, getting them to turn away from from other religions and following the the, the true gospel, following Jesus. Think of it as like you go through your house and you just completely cleaned up your, your kitchen. Your, your, your counter is clean. The dishwasher is empty. The sink is empty. Everything's sparkling. And then you leave the room. You come back to find dishes in the sink again. And you're like, didn't, didn't I just clean this five minutes ago? Where, what, what happened? It's, Nancy would always make that joke with the laundry. She'd clean the laundry and then all of a sudden she'd open the door and there'd be laundry again. She goes, I literally just emptied this. So sorry, I had clothes at the side of the bed. I had to, anyway. So we, you know, and so this is what happens with Paul. He goes in there and, and, and these people are loving Jesus. They've, they, they turned away from their sin and, and they started serving God. And then the Judaizers come in and they make a bit of a mess. They've uh, mucked things up a little bit. You know, so they, they, were, they were deceiving the people. And so Paul, Paul, when he writes this letter, he makes two important contrasts. There's two very important contrasts that he has to deal with because the, the, the issue of legalism um, has come back and 
they are now being convinced that they, they have to do things in order to be fully saved by, by God. And, and so, you know, the first contrast is that we, and we've, again, we've heard about this over the last five weeks, and we'll hear about it again today, is the contrast between grace and law. And, and we, you know, we are justified by grace because Jesus, and only Jesus, paid the price for us. And he declared us righteous. Our, our shackles have fallen free, fallen to the ground, and set us free. But here's what happens. And I, I got a, a, a friend here who's going to help demonstrate this for me. You know, see, see Paul says in, 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 to the Corinthians in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, it says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But then what happens is you got these, these people walk in, and these, you know, these well-meaning friends walk in, and they decide that, you know what? Hmm. You're, you're free, but your freedom can be dangerous. So here, let me help you with that so that you don't get yourself into trouble. So let me see your hand here. I'm just going to, uh, and now we'll just put your arm to the side there. Okay, great. Perfect. Can you move your arms just a little bit? Just a little bit? Not too bad, right? You got a little bit of move, movement there, but you're kind of free from your hand. Because here, here's the thing. Our hands can get us into trouble, can't they? So we are going to, oh, let's get you tighter. There we go. So our, our, our hands can get us into trouble here. And so, you know, we want to be careful that we don't abuse our freedom, risk getting ourselves back into sin. So now you're safe. Mm. Your eyes. See, the thing is your eyes, your eyes can, if you see certain things, it can lead you down the roads that, you know, you can start coveting and even lusting. And we can't have that, right? So hold on a sec. Let's fix that. Can we fit this around here? Okay. Perfect. All right, so you're good. You're good. Um, let me see something for a second. Mm, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, see, the thing is your ears. See, you could hear things, and when you hear things, they can lead you down to your imagination down a, a dangerous road. So I think I got to fix. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, don't worry. I only use these once. Just kidding. I didn't use them at all. There. There. Perfect. Now you are protected. Now you are protected. You have nothing to worry about. You can't do anything for Jesus, but... <laughs> see, you're protected and you're free. You're protected from your freedom and, and, and sin. So here's the thing. This is what happens when we replace grace with law or elements of the law to Christianity. You know... You understand that, that when they say the law, it's not just the Ten Commandments. It's not just those, the, you know, those, those, those great Ten Commandments that Moses was given. No, there's over 600 different Jewish laws that they had to follow. That's a lot of things they had to follow. There's a lot of uh, rules and regulations. The thing is, religion may make you safer, but you have no freedom at all. You have no freedom at all. You are free. You are not free to, to lift your hands. You, 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 can't, you can't lift your hands to worship God. You can't see, what he, see the good things that he's doing. You can't hear his leading. And when you start binding yourself to these things, you're now limiting yourself and what you can do. And now you're free to go. Thank you, Josh.
So, last week we dove further into the problem of legalism, and we saw a good example of what legalism does to us. Faith in legalism isn't authentic faith at all. It's prison. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not faith in the, in, in the do's and don'ts that save you, right? When we looked at this. Because here's the thing. Faith in, in the do's and don'ts puts you back in chains. Puts you back in the ropes. Prevents you from being free. Prevents you from doing what the Holy Spirit is leading you and wanting you to do. And so a lot of times... We don't do what the Spirit wants us to do, whether it's because of fear, whether it's because of rules we put on ourselves, or other different things. And we have now bound ourselves and prevented ourselves from actually doing good work in Jesus' name. And so it's not faith in the do's and don'ts that saves us. It's, it's, it's faith in a loving God which, which saves us and sets us free, and, and, the, and the, faith, the faith that works out of us through our, through our love. And so this leads us to the second ch- contrast, with, which, which is the flesh versus the spirit. And we're going to hang out in here again a little bit, but we're going to go a little further as, as chapter 6 deals with sowing what we're reaping in the flesh or in the spirit. And we're going to look at that and unpack that a bit more here. So you were, you were set free to live by the spirit. Galatians, and for, this was for the Galatians, and this goes for us too. It goes for us today. See, the thing is, we began in the Spirit. And the Galatians, they began in the Spirit, but then they tried to finish off with, with law. They tried to finish off in the flesh. They tried to finish off in their own understanding and their own power. And, and, and that's where they started running, on, running into problems, and they started being uh, separated further and further from the grace of God. But Paul reminds, again, going back to chapter 5, he says, "'So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives.'" then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let him guide you. Let him, be, let him lead you because, because when the Spirit is leading you, when the Spirit is guiding you, you will not be led astray. You will not be led down the wrong road. You will not be led down a dangerous path because it goes against his very nature. So we let, let the Spirit guide you. This morning as we wrap up uh, the series, we're going we're gonna to look at, again, the flesh and, 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 and the Spirit. And, and here's, here's what we're going to focus on, that we will always reap what we sow. We're always going to reap what we sow, every time. So make sure whatever you sow satisfies the Spirit and not the flesh. Whatever you sow satisfies the Spirit and not the flesh. And here's a couple of principles that we're going to look at when it comes to sowing and when it comes to reaping. And when it comes to sowing, we understand, and it's very simple, if you want to satisfy the Spirit, you must follow the Spirit. It's very simple, very simple concept here. If you want to satisfy the Spirit, then you need to follow the Spirit. So last week, you know, we received a list from Paul um, of, of, of what that life looks like is when we're being led by the Spirit. What does a life being led by the Spirit produce? What does it produce? Well, we see right here. We see that the Holy Spirit produces this, um, this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is, what it, this is what the Spirit produces. When we live by the Spirit, we produce this fruit. This fruit will come out of us. So, so here's the thing. What if you do all this? What if you follow the Spirit um, and, 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 you, and you, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're living by him, you're listening to him, you're being guided by him, um, 
you know, and you're avoiding the, the cravings of the flesh. But what happens, though, when you do make a mistake is, guess what? We are going to still make mistakes. We're going to have that moment where we're on the road. Someone cuts us off, and we're going to get angry and start getting mad, right? And we might lose control. Or, 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 or maybe we're going, to, um, we're going to get down in, into this conversation, and maybe we start slipping down the gossip row. We don't realize that we're doing it. And as we're doing that, we start cutting people down, and then we stop and realize... Well, that wasn't too good, was it? And, we, and we, we've messed up. But here's, and here's one more thing. What if we see other people mess up? Other people we know that are, are, are believers in Christ and they follow the Lord and they love the Lord, but they have a moment. They have a moment and they slip up and they fall down and they, and they, uh, and they end up being overtaken by, by that mistake. You know, what the, you know what it feels like. You know what it feels like when you feel like you're on a you're on a roll, you're doing well, and all of a sudden you do something wrong, and yeah, you get this this pit in your in your stomach. You're like, oh man, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I made that mistake. I can't believe I I screwed up. And here's here's the thing that Paul Paul starts addressing this when it comes to living by the the, the spirit and, and sowing and, and reaping and what we're sowing. And he talks about what to do in these cases when we do mess up. Because, again, he, he just points out, like, listen, you're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to make mistakes. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect, and we never will be until the time comes when Jesus calls us home, where we see perfection. But we're not perfect. We'll never achieve that here. So this is what he says. He says in Galatians 6, chapter 1, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin... You are to uh, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and this is the and this is the way, uh, and in, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So you are saved by grace, but you are going to make mistakes. When we see this happen. Paul gives us a good instruction on what to do when we see this happen in someone else. So when you see this happen to someone else, what do you do? Do you ignore it and say, it's none of my business, I'll stay out of, I'll stay out of their business? Or do you respond like the legalist Christian with judgment, guilt, and more rope to tie them up? Paul says, we should gently and humbly help that person back to the right path. Gently and humbly, right? There's, some, there's humility there that needs, to, that needs to be in place when, when we do this. And, and we are to be spirit-filled people. And he desires that the fruit of the Spirit be evident in our lives every day. And that happens when we spend time with him, when we live with him, when we walk with him, when we talk with him, when, 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 when we look at him and when we listen to him. We, we will start to see these fruits, this fruit produce and, and, and pour out of our lives. So then out of genuine love, we should go to that person who is sin. Again, love. Go with love, genuine love to that person and help them. Because we know what it's like when we screw up. So when we see someone else screw up, we know that, we know that feeling. We can see like, oh, I, 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 I totally get it. I understand. I've been there. See, understand that the law approaches with condemnation. 
The law approaches with condemnation, but love restores. Love is, is the thing that restores. The law just lets you know you did it. Good job. You got to do this, 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 now, it's now to, to at least say you're sorry. But love restores, brings you back to that place, gets you back moving forward again, and gets you back on the right path. So we will try to restore them to a place of peace and trust and joy and love once again. And we will do this very gently because we fail as well. We are failures just like they can, they can make failures. And so, so we do this with love. We, there could be no pride in it. There could be no harshness. There could be no condemnation in this. For we all know too well what it is to be tempted. And if we could be tempted as well, and if we're not careful, we could fall into the same trap. So yes, go there and do it and be humble. We do it with love. But be careful. Be on your guard. And make sure that you don't fall down the same path. So if you see someone who's, who's gossiping, you don't jump in the gossip train. Stop the gossip. But do it gently. Do it with love. Maybe remind them. Maybe they don't even realize that they're going down a road of, of gossip and they're just, they think they're, well, we're just bringing this person up casually in conversation. No, you're gossiping. Maybe we should stop. Maybe we should change the subject. Maybe we should just kind of move on from this. Help them gently. Don't embarrass them. Don't bring it all up. But, but do it with love and don't fall down the same road. It is very easy to fall into the gossip train, isn't it? very easy and there's there's really like a blurred line sometimes where it seems like well are we are we gossiping about them or are we just bringing them up or are we just mentioning them in casually in conversation you know so we know we need to be careful that we don't fall into the same trap you know because Paul Paul brings it not only he doesn't bring this up just to the the Galatians but he brings it up to the uh, Corinthians too and he says if you think you were standing strong be careful not to fall be careful. When you do this, make sure that you're doing it out of love. Make sure you're being led by the Spirit. Make sure you're living a life that's, that's in tune with God. And, and so, you know, looking back at, at, at chapter 5, verse 13, Paul says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. And we're going to keep seeing this theme as we look at more scriptures that, that, that point to this. When, when Paul says the law of Christ, this is it. This is it. When he says the law of Christ, going out to love each other totally um, for the other person's good. And, you know, by bearing one another's burdens, we are loving, we are, we are being loving in this way. We are acting towards them as, as Christ would. And then Paul goes on again into the Roman church, and he says, he says, you who are strong must be considerate for those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not pl just please ourselves. We should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself, as the scripture says, the insult of those who insult you, O, o God, have fallen on me. Paul's, Paul is saying, do this and do it for the, the, the good uh, of Christ and for the good of, uh, of the other person. Be, be, be loving, be caring, be there for them. 
You know, in, 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 in uh, chapter 5, verse 26, Paul said that, that living in the Spirit does not let us become conceited. It does not provoke us. It does not provoke one another. And, and, and we, we cannot and it, we will not be jealous of each other when we live by the Spirit. And when this happens, see, all, see, all this comes from pride, jealousy, uh, conceit, uh, all these things. They come from pride. And, and, and they come from thinking that we're above others when we're, uh, or, or compare ourselves to them. And, and, and it says such a person um, will never help others and, and, and will never be able to bear the burdens of other people. You know, Galatians, this, this, one's, this one really punches you pretty hard, this verse here. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 3. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourselves. You are not that important. So, so don't be conceited. Don't, don't think for yourself. Don't, you know, don't think only for yourself. Again, you need to take care of yourself. But don't think only for yourself. Don't serve the, your, 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 your own desires, your own needs. But think about other people. Get, have other people's back when they need it, when they're, when they're in need, when, they're, when they need to be helped, when they are, are, are going down a road that you know is not going to end well. Help them along. Get them back on track again. Don't let them watch them do it. And like, oh, I saw that coming. Well, if you saw it coming, why didn't you do anything about it? <laughs> so, so we you know, we, we, we got to do something. We gotta, Paul says, help each other out. Have each other's back. The person who thinks they're, you know, they're hot stuff, that their odor doesn't smell or it smells like roses, you know, we're, we're just fooling ourselves here. You know, don't, don't, don't get caught up in that because really, in the grand scheme of things, you're no more important than the other person. So, so don't act like you're more important than them. And, you know, we, we need to be careful of that. Like in James chapter 1, in, in, uh, in James chapter 1, it says, if you claim to be righteous but don't control your tongue, you are only fooling yourself. For your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion is in the sight of God for the, uh, the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. You know? So we need to, so when we satisfy the Spirit, or when we follow the Spirit, we're satisfying the Spirit. By doing this, by caring for each other, by letting the, 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 the goodness and the fruit of that spirit pour out on us. And when it does, we're no longer living for ourselves, but we're living and helping other people. We're getting them and keeping them on the same track. And then we need to follow the spirit. Uh, and then we also need to um, uh, be careful on what we sow. Because, you know, if, to satisfy the spirit, you must sow in the spirit. You must sow in the spirit. You have to. If you want to satisfy, you have to sow in the spirit. You know, Paul brings this up again, and this is something that we, we, we've heard this, you know, what you, uh, re, what you sow is what you reap, right? You know, you reap what you sow. If, if, if you're going to, <clears throat> you know, there, there's, there, it's, it's the, the, the classic farming terminology here, but like, if you plant a certain seed, you're going to get fruit from that seed. Like, if you're going to plant beans, well, then you, bean seeds, and you're going to get beans, beans are going to come up out of the soil. If you're going to plant corn, then corn stalks are going to come out of the soil and produce corn, right? You're not going to plant corn and all of a sudden get plums. It just doesn't work that way, right? So, so, what, what, so if whatever you're going to sow, you're going to reap that fruit. And so if you're going to sow in 
Uh, If you're going to sow in the spirit, then you're going to reap love. You're going to reap joy. You're going to reap goodness and patience and all of that. The flesh and the spirit are two different seeds that we can plant. Two different seeds that we can plant. And depending on which one you're you're, you're planning on planting and sowing, that's what you're going to reap. The Galatians needed to know that their actions today are going to have consequences tomorrow. What you do today. So think about this. You're always going to be in the sowing and reaping process. You're always going to be in that process. Even if you sow nothing, guess what? You're going to reap nothing. You're still in that process. So you're going to do something. Something's going to happen. You're going to produce some kind of fruits. And so Paul says this. He says in, chap- in, in uh, chapter 6, verse 7 8, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy in their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Paul says that, all, that, that, that we are all doing this, that we are all, the, the problem is, or the question is, what fruits are, are, you, are you reaping? What fruit, are, what fruit seeds are you sowing? That's the question here. See, when, it is, when we lived in Kingsville, we, uh, so I commuted every day, every day I came to work, and I would go up the uh, County Road 18. And so as I would drive down County Road 18, uh, I noticed when the, the farmers were, were planting the seeds and that, and, and when it came time for the crop to start popping up out of the soil, it was right across from... Uh, right across from the dump on, on, on 18, I noticed that it, would, it looked like it was beans that they were planting. But at, as they were growing up, I noticed there's other things growing up as well. Oh, that's interesting. And usually you'll see, like, if they farmers switch their crops, if they go from corn to beans, every once in a while you'll see one corn stalk pop up or something. Is I, I kid you not, I, I couldn't tell which one they actually tried to plant. There was probably almost just as much corn popping up as there was beans. And there was this, there was this uh, double crop that was coming up. They must have had a, a mix in there. But here's the thing. You know, we, will, we could sow in the Spirit, and we'll sow in, the, in the, sow in the Spirit and live by the Spirit. But if we're not careful, sometimes the seed of the flesh will sneak in. And if we don't catch it, it will grow. And we got to be careful that we don't let it grow. We don't let it grow too long that it gets to a point where it starts to overtake our crop. Because that, that can happen. There, there's a danger in that. That, that, that when, we, when, we sow in, when we sow one seed, you know, we sometimes let other seeds into the batch and then they start to corrupt and start to get in there and start to take over. But we got to be careful here that we do not do this and, and, and that we don't deceive ourselves. Because here's the thing. You're, you can't trick God. You can't trick God. We can trick and deceive ourselves. We, we, we can't trick or deceive God. God knows. God, God can't be fooled, right? And, and so we, we, have to, we have to be careful, uh, you know, of what we're doing and, and, and make sure that we are planting the right seed and that we are nurturing that seed and that we are living by that. And so if we want to live by the Spirit, then we have to sow in the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if, if we don't give up. Therefore, 
whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of the faith. So then don't give up. Don't keep on doing good. You know, especially today when we need to see more good out there. We, all we see is negativity and darkness and pain. So let's, let's not give up doing good. Let's not give up going out there and helping those in need, helping the, our, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, witnessing to people who need help. Let's not stop doing good. Let's continue to do good because when we do, we're going to reap a harvest and it's going to be a good harvest. So let us choose to sow in the Spirit today and reap eternal life in the future, right? We must do good to everyone within the, our area of, of influence, family, believers in Christ, people we work with, and we will reap the rewards in due time. We got to make sure that we don't get discouraged. We should sow, sow good seeds pertaining to our eternal destiny and let just the fruit of the Spirit live in our lives. So as we close, we, I, I want us, to, I want us to, to, to think about this, this prayer uh, from St. Fran- from Francis of Assisi, actually, uh, because it's, it's just, it, it's a very good, I think it's something that we could, we could hold on to, even today. And, 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 and so even, if you want, write some of it down, think about it, if you want to look at it after. But Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace, where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Let us live that out. As we continue to live by the faith, as we continue to to sow in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, let that be something that we do. We sow goodness, we, or that we, that we reap goodness and, and, and joy and love. See, I believe, I believe that, the Lord, or that the world out there wants to have goodness, wants to have joy, wants to have love and peace. They just don't know how to do it. They just don't know how to go about it the right way. But we can, the good thing is, is that we are still here in the world. The Lord hasn't called us home yet. We're still here, so we can continue to sow this, sow in the Spirit, so that we can reap the goodness, so that the world can see the goodness, the world can see the joy, the world can see the true, authentic hope and love that only the Lord can give. So let us, let us continue to do what is good. Let us not be consumed by law, consumed by rituals, consumed by by rules and regulations and the do's and don'ts, but let us live by the Spirit, let us love by the Spirit so that the world can see the goodness and greatness of God. So Jesus, we just pray today as we go, Lord, that we will, we will hold these words, that we will, we will never give up to do, uh, do what is good, that we will never give up to live by the Spirit, that, that though discouragement will come our way, though discouragement will try and pull us back into an old way of life, Lord God, that we will, we will just hold on, 
Hold tightly onto your promise. Hold tightly onto the gift of salvation, the gift of freedom that you've given us, and allow your spirit to nurture us, your spirit to encourage us, and your spirit to guide us so that we can produce the fruit that will bring, to bring this good news to the world today. So Jesus, I pray that you will just, you will guide us, you will encourage us, you will lead us, Lord God, and that we will be a great, great witness in this community, in our families, in this area, that, that it will just continue to spread throughout the county, throughout the, 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 the province, that it will just keep spreading, that the people we come, come in contact with, Lord God, that they will see, that they will know, that the seeds will be planted, that your, that your spirit will grow in them, Lord God. Your spirit will, 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 will bring them into the light, Lord God, that they can continue to do that to the people that they have influence with, so that as we continue to do this, Lord God, your church will grow, and your, the world will see how great and awesome you are. So thank you, Jesus. Bless this church. Bless our day. Bless our week in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great day.